0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Bit Effect. Today, we go under the sea. I remember you got to kiss the girl. That's about it. Anyway, okay, so uh, as you probably guessed, this week we are talking about Bioshock. And since this is a little bit of a point of contention between us, if you remember, we're gonna kinda, not really hash out an argument, we're just gonna kinda discuss what we thought about the game. Think, you know, you came into a diner and there were these four dudes sitting in the booth next to you and they wouldn't shut up about a game. That's about the conversation we're gonna have. So, with me to discuss this today is going to be Luke. Hello. Craig. Hello. And Michael, as usual.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: We all played Bioshock over the course of the last week, week and a half or so. I finished it roughly forty-five minutes ago because Monster Hunter was a thing. How long's it
2: been since you guys beat this? Um, a couple of weeks now. One week. Are you meaning since the last time we beat it, or the time before that?
0: No, 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 like, like, like right now, and then you know, half.
2: Oh right, yeah, just a couple. Since a couple of weeks ago, and before
3: that, many, many, many years. Man, yeah, one week for me and this was my first playthrough.
0: Oh, oh, oh yeah, that's right.
3: Was that a question? No,
0: no, no, that's that's perfectly fine. So yeah, um I haven't played it since it came out. I'm pretty sure I played it on a 360 first. I, I was before the PS3 release. But I remember this was one of the games that made me want to get a 360. Do you guys did you guys play it 360 or PC back in the day, or did you wait till that PS3 release?
2: No, PC that was the height of PC gaming that was so yeah, PC all the way
1: Yeah, oddly enough Dave now that you mention it, this was the very first time that I did play the 360 version of the game um, I originally got it on the PC on the, uh, what to go with my 8800 GTS super power graphics card, which was uh, which was amazing back then um, and no, I only just first played the Xbox 360 version very recently uh, I played the PS3 version too
3: uh, yeah, so I got Bioshock 1 and Bioshock 2 at the same time. Um, I started playing Bioshock 1, and then I started playing Bioshock 2 and just continued with that, and I will delve into the reasons for that later.
2: Ooh, oh yeah. That's about a clickbait right there, isn't it?
3: I know, I know. <laughs> Audio bait.
2: Listen to us yatter on for a bit. You won't believe reason number 17. <laughs> <laughs>
0: for why Luke stopped playing. <laughs> yep. Um. All right, so uh, Mike, Mike has the stats on this, so, like when it released and all that. So, Mike, take it away.
1: Okay, so, so Bioshock first came came to us in two thousand and seven on the three hundred and sixty and the PC. Comes from the developer Irrational Games and their head honcho Ken Levine, who you may know previously from the System Shock games. Um, and it had a delayed port to the PlayStation Three. Which at the time seemed very uncertain. It's of course turned into a franchise since then, uh, and it's probably rated by many as one of the greatest games of all time. So I think, without further ado, we should uh, proceed with discussing about this this bad boy. We
0: we well, we should now. So guys, um, I would imagine Luke, this might have been some of the impetus behind you picking it up when you did, but. Remember, This became a meme for a long time. Like everybody was saying, "Would you kindly? Would you kindly?" But it was almost arrow in the knee kind of thing. Has that like cultural thing turned you off of Bioshock at all? Coming away from it,
3: I seem to have completely missed this meme. <laughs> it's only now that really, you... yeah, and never ah. twigged. No, sorry. So, oh that's... yeah,
0: I remember a lot of uh, everybody was with the "Would you kindlies" and the "Would you kindly." Yeah, it was it was nuts. But, but, okay, well then, before we started playing this, where were you guys sitting on Bioshock? Like, like, what was your internal thoughts on Bioshock before we replayed it?
1: Ah, uh, not before I initially played it. Well, either or, that's fine with me. It's just that initially, I remember there being a buzz about this. My, my cousin and some of his friends, they've always been into PC games. They've always talked about, you know, like Thief Deus Ex, uh, System Shock games, and they're they basically, they wouldn't stop talking about this game, and, and I'd, I'd always look at it, and I'd think, it doesn't look like the style of game, that appeals to me in the slightest, but I'm going to keep an eye on it, because they've talked about, they've, they've literally talked about a single game, for about a year here, and I thought, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, have faith on this, you know, they introduced me to things like, Final Fantasy 6, Secret of Mana, uh, Diablo, all, all sorts of cool games over the years, and I thought, you know what, there is something good about this, and, and, I didn't anticipate that I'd actually enjoy it, but I had to get it pretty much as soon as it came out, so it was completely fresh to me. Nothing was ever spoiled for me, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 my uh, well, that was my impressions of going into it. What I actually thought of the game, I'm sure you've already guessed. It's, it's quite bloody good.
2: I I heartily looked forward to playing it again. From the first, I only played through the first one on the PC in 2007 and that was me um, it was cemented in my brain as being amazing and I was hyper looking forward to getting it hence the ordering of the back of the collection for the Playstation 4 I do actually own these and all three of them on the Playstation 3 as well I've never played them wow. I've just got them um, I must have bought them at some point thinking I'll play those and I just didn't but yeah oh, I was super hyped Super super duper hyped, and actually, my wife, who isn't traditionally a gamer, sat down and played it after I did, all the way back in two thousand and seven, night after night, just sat at the PC, and again, she saw me playing it here, and she was like, "Ooh, I want a shot." Uh, <laughs> there's something about it that she really likes. I think it's the the this control system of right trigger for right hand left trigger for left hand that kind of makes things a lot easier
0: you know i didn't even realize that was the thing until you just said (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay i got my plasmid button and my gun button doesn't matter what hand it's in
3: (laughs) yeah uh, i guess for me for bioshock i've been struggling to think why i never picked this up because there was so much hype about it and I think it's because I was like so obsessed with Warcraft at the time that everything else was just not not required. But um, I jumped on board on Bioshock Two, and then I tried to go back to Bioshock One, and for reasons that I will delve into later, I didn't finish Bioshock One.
2: Dun dun dun! Uh, again, travesty. Bait.
0: <laughs> um, so a lot like Luke, I um. I was a man who owed half of his soul to Blizzard at the time that I played this because that's just what you do. But um, ever since, you guys remember that first CG trailer that came out for, it was for a 360 version, where it was just the big daddy beating the crap out of somebody for touching a little sister? Yeah. Yeah, yeah as soon as I saw that, I was like, ooh, we need to play that.
1: This is actually the, the demo loop as well, if you leave the menu screen, the main menu.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: With the actual, you know, with the Bioshock logo in the bottom corner of the screen and stuff like that, yeah. The, the one where it gets drilled, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: And kind of like Craig, um, my wife sat and watched the whole thing, even though first-person shooters make her deathly sick. So I had to play it in, like, you know, 45-minute bursts. But um, I came away from it thinking this was absolutely one of the best shooters ever. It kind of did that thing where I had never played a Deus Ex at that point and never played a System Shock at that point. But it was like, oh, shooters can be more than, you know, Call of Duty or Black or, you know, Battlefield. It was that one that kind of opened my eyes to the whole, oh, we can have a story-driven shooter. That's kind of cool. And then, of course, you know, I checked out all those older ones and stuff like that. But going into it, I was a little worried it would feel old, and we'll talk about that later. Like, like Luke said, we'll talk about it. So let's stop mentioning that we're going to talk about stuff and actually start talking about it. So, for in case you know you don't know, it's a shooter where you're basically one half of you is Skyrim magic and the other half of you is shooter, and that's that. Mechanics wise, what do you how do you guys feel about it mechanics? Because I think the shooting is actually really bad.
2: The shooting is awful. There's something very 90s about it, even though it was originally made in 2007. Uh, I didn't notice it when I was playing it originally. Maybe the keyboard and mouse combo does it more justice, but on a pad, the reticule feels too big. There is auto-aim there, but it doesn't seem to work, and then it swoops you off into the middle of nowhere aiming at a wall There's, it's a little bit old feeling that's the only thing
3: I've got to say on it the movement it feels very old yeah I'd agree with that um, I found myself using the, the, the plasmid side of it like the magic side and then kind of fill it, finishing off with a melee attack or occasionally with a gun but um, I found ammo quite sparse so I didn't really I do this thing where I collect as much ammo as possible Um mm. But and when I did use the a game, gun, it was like <laughs> <Phil>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got forty rockets. Nice. Um, the Tommy gun was my favourite weapon. I think it it was quite useful.
1: Yeah, I was set to fully disagree with all of you, but then I realised that my actual gameplay method was to uh to get the wrench jockey and go off on my wrenching spree. Um, so plasmid followed. Oh, you're a wrench man. <laughs> yeah, pl- plasmid followed by a bit of wrench to the face can't go wrong. Um but I did find that this game does employ a hell of a lot of pretty cool weapons and at a time when, you know, uh I think Modern Warfare was released pretty much around the same sort of period in time and it felt like, you know, that was a game where everyone had their favorite weapon and somehow I didn't feel completely lost by coming over to uh to BioShock. I thought they did a really good job, especially when you get things like the grenade grenade thing later on and all sorts of things There's, you know, I especially like how, how you get alternative ammo and all, all kinds of crazy things at the time.
0: Um, <laughs> okay, so hold on. We got we got Luke, uh, likes to use his Chicago typewriter. Mike is a monkey wrench, man. Craig, what was your weapon that you
2: relied uh, on? I, I did the combo. I did the plasmid combo. Normally electricity, because there's a lot of water on the ground, so you can use a lot of the environment to actually inflict... bit more damage yeah that's cool really cool. Um, very very handy and then it was the pistol actually for the most part Ah,
0: okay now see i was uh throw bees in somebody's face really quick then leave go into a kojima game be a shitty boss come back throw more bees into people's faces and then shoot them with a shotgun
2: yeah actually do you know what i spent my middle third of the game with the shotgun shoot them with electricity then run up and point blank shotgun them in the face
0: <laughs> it's, it's um, a solid tactic now here, here's a weird bit right like to me the shotgun was the only gun well I, I mean I like shotguns in anything I'm just a shotgun guy but it's the only game the gun that felt like it had some heft to it the, the Tommy gun did not feel like it had any heft to it it was just kind of and that was it yeah was there was like, no oh, recoil no, yeah yeah, it is just eh. It it just I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Kinesthetics that were were off. It didn't feel like you were shooting a gun. It felt like you were just pushing a button and things died. Ooh, kinesthetics. Ooh, I'll just yeah, I know I know I don't want to use tonight. fancy words. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I could have sworn the first time I played through this game though, I I, I was using that bow a hell of a lot. And I'm not sure why I didn't touch it this time. Probably because I didn't unlock oh, it. The cross oh the crossbow. Oh that is awful <laughs> the crossbow is a beast. I love It's that. good in the second one I mean, though, right? Is it in the um, second
0: one? Yeah, well, I mean it's not bad here if you use it for trap bolts and stuff, but it has like a weapon. Ugh. It's
2: like like one shot kills everything.
0: Yeah, but then you gotta reload and it's just it's shotguns are just That's are just how easier.
2: bows work.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I've been I've been watching too much of van Helsing with that automatic crossbow. Yeah. Stupid yeah. me. Um one thing I do want to say is the the thing that surprised me was how useful and really damaging uh, telekinesis was. I never yes. played around with telekinesis except this. Th- I mean, you can kill people in one hit, almost right up to the end of the game. Even even Atlas himself took it takes a boatload of damage from telekinesis
2: stuff. You can um, you can use proximity mines to attach them to a body and then one shot a big daddy by. Putting like fifteen proximity uh, mines in a body oh, I never and thought of throwing it at a big daddy—it's amazing.
3: <laughs> That—that's something. That, that's, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, like the physics of this game is just something else. Like stuff like that is really cool and kind of reminded me of Half Life a little bit. Um, you know, with like the particle gun thing that you could pick up and throw objects with—is it gravity oh, yeah. gun?
0: Yeah, it's gravity gun. So yeah, throughout the course of the game. You have a little bit of agency over what plasmids you want to choose, but there's only a handful for a good portion of the game. And then it suddenly just unlocks and you can have a whole variety of different plasmids. Um, now, one of the biggest parts, like like uh, Craig mentioned, was big daddies. Big daddies are these kind of opt-in boss fights now, how, do you guys, how did you guys handle Big Daddies? Like, I was trying to make it a point to always kill them as soon as I saw them.
3: I quickly found out that n- not all of them have um, little sisters. Yeah. And if you leave them alone, they will go and find one. So, if for me, I was trying to get all the, the plasmid stuff that I could get. So, after I figured that out, I would leave them until I saw them with a little sister before I'd take them on and take them take them out.
0: And were you a kind of make a trap room for them? Or were you just kind of like a straight up gunfight?
3: Uh, just a gunfight and plasmids. But I, I played this game on easy. Um <gasps> I, I find yeah, sorry, I found the combat a little bit a little bit dated, so I kinda turned it down um turned it down about a third of the way through once I I felt like I'd got a grasp of the game and the difficulty and I was just kinda interested more in the story at this point. So uh, I still had a really good time like with the plasmids and the combinations you could do with the environment and you know like there's something satisfying about like pulling people into water and then electrocuting them, and yeah, but did, it's good fun. Did you
1: find that the Big Daddy would still rush you quite a lot, even in easy mode, and slam you against the wall repeatedly, and pretty yeah. much punish you? Yeah, if <laughs> um, <laughs> you get too it, far. I mean, it would yeah. normally
3: take, like a full clip of the Tommy gun to take it out, and by that time, it's probably smashed you two or three times against the wall, but it's doing no damage, so it's not it's not like terrible. Electric buck for the shotgun. That be what
2: you need. Ah uh, explosive. Uh, elec- nails Electric buck freezes them in place, so you can just shoot with the electric <laughs> nice. buck. I I it was just my tactic. But yeah, I w- I was doing it for the little sisters, so I waited until there was a little sister kicking about. Murdered the thing, um didn't murder the little sister, and then carried on. Who did? Surely nobody.
0: Anybody harvest?
2: No <laughs> No. Uh
0: I did one. <laughs> just because okay. because look you need to find out you just need to find out. and I think that's the grace limit unless I forget it's either one or two I think it's one you can harvest one and still get the good ending and so I was like okay you know what I'll I'll harvest one you
2: got the good ending then at least
0: yeah 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 I got the good ending I've actually never seen the bad ending of this game has anybody yes
2: Oh, you yeah. have not through harvest, not through harvesting little sisters. I've got to point yeah, it out because I couldn't do I that. <laughs> as a as a father
3: of two daughters, I thought you might have a hard time with that. Yeah, yeah, it would not
2: it would not get down well. What happens is at the end, uh, in the good ending. Jack is in a bathosphere. You hit the surface, and you adopt some of the saved little sisters. Five of them, I believe as your own and you take them home and Tenenbaum, the doctor who loves them, narrates the wonderful life with them. If you are a bastard and you harvest (laughs) them um, there's varying levels of Tenenbaum being angry at you as the bathysphere rises, many bathyspheres rise and a submarine is there to save you but splicers jump out of all these bathyspheres and murder everyone. While Tenenbaum shouts that you've stolen the secrets of the earth and this that and the other it's all very harrowing I'm so happy that didn't
1: happen
0: now here, here's a question hold on here's a question so towards the end of the game you know where um Frank Fontaine, Frank Fontaine. Uh, splices up and, and goes nuts yeah. the little sisters save yes. you what
2: happens if you've been harvesting them the whole time do they still save you that's a good question it's a very good question I doubt it no, they must, because that's how I mean, they. story...
1: Yes, they probably do, but they don't surround you on your
2: deathbed. Yeah!
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're like, we'll save you! We don't love um, you! When Tenenbaum saves you, and you're walking through that the, the town, just before you go into the town, you're in the wee hospital where they are, and all the little sisters are like, look, look, he's there to save us! I wonder what it's like if you've been murdering them all. They're like, he's here, <laughs> run away! <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, you know, some, one of us should have bit the bullet and did that, now that I think yeah, about it. that should be totally Dave, should've.
2: I'm surprised you didn't, because you're a bit of a... <laughs> 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 I like that, just throw that in. I love you too, Craig. Look,
0: look, you know, in the end, they're just ones and zeros, man. You could step on their skulls and everything will be fine. It's
2: horrible, it's, hor- it's a horrible thing. It's really cool, it's a really cool concept, because you get, like, double the atom, for harvesting them. You get them.
0: double the, the atom up front for mm-hmm. harvesting them, but in the end you get more overall if you save them because yeah. of all the stuff they leave out in the gatherer's gardens. I remember reading about that after I finished it.
3: So, like, you guys have played this before. This is my first playthrough. And you, the first um, big daddy and little sister that you encounter you, you meet Tenenbaum, is it? The the scientist lady that asks you basically not to not to kill the sister. Like, the Irish guy's screaming for you to do. And this is when I started to twig on that maybe the Irish guy wasn't on my side because his character went from quite quite calm to quite a rate over nothing. Um so did you guys start to twig on that something wasn't right at this point, or was it was it just me?
2: Um the the first time the first time I played this game, I think I fell for the whole Irishman hook line and sinker, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I fell for it right the way through because it was just like i remember, It was mind blowing. The reveal was mind blowing. In fact, no, the reveal. It's not the reveal when he's suddenly like, "Oh no, I'm not Atlas. I'm Frank
1: Fontaine."
2: <laughs> that bit isn't. The, it's the bit
1: hey, before hey, that. Right. But I think the best thing is that if if someone does show that they have a few little faults, it makes them even more believable because if he was pretty much golden all the way through the game. Yeah, you know, you wouldn't. Think, I mean, you might be getting you know double bluffed or red herring to this stuff so yeah. it's sort of like it does put a bit of doubt but at the same time it doesn't put enough doubt in to, to spoil any sort yeah. of actual reveal later on And that's what's, I think that's what's amazing about it most of the time yeah well
3: I'm not sure if it's because like I was aware there was a big twist although I wasn't sure what exactly it was in the game and I was looking for it but the fact that there's this guy who's a father and he's now telling you to kill these little girls it, it just seemed a bit like, his attitude completely changed and he got really, really angry about it. Um, Well... More than what seemed in the character, but maybe it's just because I was looking for this twist.
0: Well, I mean, like, when I first saw them, like, yeah, I I was hook, line, and sinker into the whole uh, Atlas thing. But, um... Wait, is it Atlas? Yeah, yeah, it's Atlas, okay. (laughs) Um, but... I mean, let's be fair. The little girls were stabbing people in the gut and sucking their juices out. So, him calling them monsters seems kind mm. of believable. And let's be fair. They are ugly-looking little girls. They they are <laughs> hideous. So, I mean, they're not even really cute. They're just kind of these homunculi that resemble little kids. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I it didn't twig me off to it right away of like ah ha ha something's up i was more like what's up with her no these things are ugly (laughs) which um out of curiosity did did you guys anybody check out the bioshock museum that's on the collection
2: no 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 not yet i'm gonna go through the whole lot again Um, once i've done the collection
1: it's it's basically just a virtual museum do you think they look a bit like those early playstation advert girls you know the weird girl with the big huge eyes oh yeah oh Jesus Jeez.
0: <laughs> oh, that's pretty good that's pretty okay. good Mike yeah they they, they they look like something they look like you know those I don't know if you have them over there those, those little doll things you'll get out of those put in a quarter twisted the Cachapon machines and then they come in these little plastic yes, an egg balls yeah they look like you know cheap dollar store little doll things with the heads that are too big and I I don't know why you saved them. You probably should have harvested them all, Luke. (laughs) The point about the museum was it's kind of a virtual museum, kind of like the old Namco Museum games, if you remember those. And it's basically they have 3D renders of this is what the first initial Big Daddies look like. And this is what the first initial splicers look. Yeah, it's very cool. And then they have like 3D models of what the initial harvesters were, like the Little Sisters. And they were nothing but slugs, like just the giant slugs that would slither around and suck it. And they said nobody, nobody felt empathy for them, so that's why they changed them to little girls.
3: Talking about design, though, how cool are the Big Daddies? Like, that's one of the coolest characters I've seen in a while. I love that, like, whole um, old um, diving gear with the big, like, drill on the arm and stuff. Like, yeah, those guys are so cool. I, I,
0: you know. I would put a Big Daddy as almost one of the most iconic things to come out of that generation. Like everybody knows a Big Daddy, but yeah, I, I mean, big even even down to their sound design—that like metallic whale noise that yeah. they make—so good. <laughs> All right, so here's something I do want to talk about with Bioshock because I'm a crotchety old man. I, how do you guys feel about the story?
3: I think it's the best part of the game, and uh, yeah, I I struggled with parts of this game. Uh, again, I'll go into that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, the story is the one bit that kept me kept me engaged and kept me wanting to um, to play. Um, I had problems hearing it sometimes. <laughs> Um, so I have gone and done a bit of research and, like, read up on the story from wikis and, like, YouTube videos, and i listened to a couple podcasts on it since, um, so, yeah, it got its hooks into me. I, I really like the, like, the, the whole, um, so the guy that we play as, isn't he, like, some sort of test tash- Jack? Yeah, isn't he like a test Tube baby from the DNA? No, he's a, he's, he's the kid of, um ryan in some form isn't he
0: um i don't know if he i don't know if he's a bio- lot i think he's a biological kid that they spliced yeah. with a bunch of different yeah stuff because he aged really rapidly if i remember correctly Th-
3: that's the kind of thing that i i found quite interesting like the whole premise behind it The you you got some of it from the diaries although i didn't collect them all but i really wanted to delve in and learn more about the the story in the game and i think i think for me that's the bit that Made me finish it anyway, or want me to? I mean, it's not very often that I'll finish a game in one sitting, but I did this in like seven and a half hours straight. I just beasted it. Um, so yeah, story's best bit.
2: It really is. Maybe. it's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, the the twist, the twist that gets you is obviously you've been getting controlled, mind controlled, because you were a child and you've been conditioned to react to this phrase, "Would you kindly?" and just do anything that you know like when you meet Ryan and you finally face off and he's like would you kindly sit down stand up move left move right move back and he's like would you kindly hit me with this epic a man chooses a slave obeys <laughs> and you embed a golf club in the side of his head but at that point you're like crap would you kindly it's it's obviously it's, it's twigged and you're like oh my god oh and then you find out obviously that atlas is actually Fontaine and he's like uh would you kindly pick up Andrew Ryan's DNA card or something and turn off the self destruct and he's like he said would you kindly and you're like crap he's pl- now i'm aware of this and i i ran around that place for like 15 minutes trying to find something else to do and i like, God damn it, I've got to do this. So you pick it up and you put it in. And it kinda it really solidifies that awfully dire position that Jack is in. Um just being mind controlled right the way through it. That it's just it's a horrific thing. It's it was horrible, I found it very, very good. It got its teeth right into me. After that, I'm going to find Frank Fontaine and murder him to death. Wait, who? Frank Fawn Frank Fontaine thank you Jeez, sorry, say it sorry. right Frank Fontaine um, yeah, um, yeah,
0: Mike could... really, uh, you go ahead sure, first, sure. Then I'll, I'll
1: Um. Kick on. Yeah, I was going to say I think Craig's pretty much covered the majority of things that I would have wanted to discuss about the story but um, I don't often mention other podcasts but the Giant Bomb actually did a end of year podcast uh, for the end of 2017 where they tried to discuss World building in games and it, it it went on for about fifty minutes before they realized they didn't even know if they were asking the right question and it was an absolute mess but in the same way Bioshock itself does world building to probably the best I've seen but again not in the same way as other games because I think if you break it down to the layouts of the level designs it's it's all brilliant and you know it works for me knowing that there's a certain amount of people in this room a certain amount who Previous tenants of these buildings and stuff like that, but then when you add the audio diaries on top of it, it's like that. That in itself hypes up everything. You know, you know you're going to come up to a, a mini boss of some sort by just listening through their story about their, you know, their the disappearing into madness, pretty much. And every single character has such such a strong story to them that you know they these should be throwaway characters. You should only be caring about you know, the Irish guy. And, <laughs> and Mr. Ryan so it's like you know they they really do they do world building justice but they don't do it in a Dark Souls way it's not all you know airy fairy this might have been a place where someone once went to the toilet before I'd, going on an adventure this is all like <laughs> this is someone's toilet whose is, is it you don't know but, but everyone's chatting everyone's chatting there is this story there and it's not concrete but it's it's a good foundation to uh you know be there with you during what's already a pretty mechanically sound game so yeah mega thumbs up for the story
0: I I'll, I'll have to remember the term airy fairy I'll have to remember that that's a good some one. of
2: the um the audio diaries are just harrowing there's a point in the game when you're uh, late on you're in point point is it Point Prometheus? It's the and you end up in the place where they brought up little sisters and conditioned them to basically, you know, like harvest people. Oh yeah. And uh, there was like maybe seven audio diaries in there, and it was all you know doctors talking really clinically about testing yeah. these subjects and kill the puppy. You go into a room. Yeah. Oh, they kill the puppy, and there's a room. There's a room you go into, and there's a a dead man. Picture just like an icon, and then a, an alive woman picture or something like that, and you press the button beside one the dead man picture, and you get a treat, and you can actually heal just by you know like. T- oh,
3: totally Jesus! That's horrible. Oh, I didn't know
2: and it. you press the other thing, and you get electric electroshocked, and you're like, oh, "Holy crap! This is Jeez. just
3: did you awful. guys Did you guys see that audio diary about the the parents that they lost their daughter to this science program? Yeah, and they were continuously looking for her and like as you progress through the game you eventually find the couple, they're dead, they've um, they've chosen not to go outside, it looks like they've starved to death Uh, They're hugging on the bed Yeah, they've like avoided all the splicers and they've avoided using plasmids so they've still kept their sanity but at one point they think they see their daughter with a big daddy or whatever it is and it's like it's really harrowing just listening to all of that throughout the, the game and like what's happened in this world and how everything's just completely falling to bits around them, and
0: you know, you know, guys, I'm starting to realize you guys played games very different. I'm pretty sure I stepped on their corpses to pick up the dollars <laughs> under their mattress and then just walked out. <laughs> um. Okay. So so I will agree with everything you guys have said. Everything. The story is absolutely fantastic. Like. This was a huge moment for me because in school, I had to read Atlas Shrugged and don't ever read it. It's terrible. And if anybody that you know is talking about how objectivism is a good thing, hit him in the throat with a potato because it's terrible. And Bioshock is amazingly is the perfect recreation of what a world where objectivism was the major you know, philosophy what would happen it's great i mean everything from like you know you have to pay five dollars to use the toilet to you know murder is socially acceptable because it's for the good of man love love the story a lot of really cool things going on here however sadly it gets shunted into the same area as like hotline miami and spec ops for me what yes
1: go ahead i'm sorry because no
0: one's got you okay 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 (laughs) (laughs) i stand alone all right okay so if you took the story of this game as just the story of this game it's great no complaints at all it's the dare i say airy fairy artsy fartsiness of it of the message they're trying to get across as oh look, as game developers, we control what you do. You have no say in what you do, and you're just like a robot because you want to play the game. That message drives me nuts.
2: God damn it, Dave! The
0: message the story tries to get across to the player is the most pandering, infantile thing, and that drives me nuts. It's not. It's not like a good game about choice, like you know, Witcher is, or Souls, or or Prey. It's not a game about that it's a game of pointing out the most obvious asinine thing. What?
1: What is that? Hang and on, that, that kind of turns me nuts though, because, as far as I'm concerned, you're given a choice over harvesting things. You're given a choice over whether you want to even follow the story in the first place. To be honest, with the audiobooks No, no, you're not. Well, okay, okay, yeah. You're
0: you're given a degree of how much to explore, but you the whole their whole point was you have to do the story. You have to do what. Ryan said well not Ryan I'm sorry Frank Fontaine you have to do what he says to complete the do game I don't think
2: this adds an extra it adds an extra layer on top of like in hotline Miami it then they're just like huh hey, you answered the phones and you went and killed people and you've got no idea what you did it and this there's an extra layer of that's actually the the story mechanism in the game is you are brainwashed so do you not think it it well, so it gets around the the issue that you're saying is game developers are just like, oh, you know, you you do that, and we we tell you what to do, and you can't help it. But it was actually in the game that that was taking place.
0: Well, no, like, like yeah, but the the point is that the the reason why their point is so infantile is that they never give you a choice. Hotline Miami never gives you a choice to not answer the phone and kill the people and still play the game. Dave, Bioshock never gives you a chance.
3: Do you think this? Do you think this would have been, like, lessened if the protagonist had a voice? Because,
0: um, not so much a voice, although I do think it's weird that he was a silent protagonist for 99.9% of the game, that is weird, but no, just give me a choice, if your point was you did what we told you to do, you never gave us an opportunity to try to find a way around it, so the point you're making
1: is stupid. But isn't it technically in context of the actual like, gameplay? Because, I mean, this is one game which has very brief little bits of sort of metrovania to it. You know, you, come back, to, you come, come back to sections later on in the game. You feel like even though each level is sort of blocked off in its own loading screen and stuff, you do sort of traverse around a bit, and it does give the impression of a little bit of freedom. Probably a lot more than any other FPS released around that sort of time.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm not saying the game itself. This is all just the story. Like like, like the point, they're using this as a fable to try to make some point, but that point is really stupid, and that bugs me. That, that's all it really comes down to, is that's an asinine point, and then people hold it up for, wow, look at this amazing point just, they made. Just to
1: question you, though, Dave, isn't it true that when it comes to the third Bioshock game in the series, that you had an issue with the fact that you were given a choice, which didn't actually do anything at that stage? I
0: Exactly so it's still the same point the whether I say you can go left or right, but there's actually no left road. doesn't make it any better than you have to go. Right.
2: Is this like, like that? Oh no. God. No, I'm not cont-
0: going <laughs> 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 to. I'm not. Jesus. Oh, see now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, no, I'm, and, and again, this is not a damning of the game at all. Like the game is still a good game. It's just, um, the ideology around it, because I really hooked into the ideology. Because, like I said, I love the what they took with you know Ayn Rand stuff. I love that, but it was the whole ideology around it that just annoys me. And since we were talking about the story, it's the only place I can really, mm. you know talk about it. That's all. Guess- it, 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 it's the same if we were talking about Hotline Miami or Spec Ops. It's just, it's just ugh, annoys me.
2: That's Hotline all- Miami does put it more in your face, though. It's a lot. More preachy towards yeah. the end.
0: Yeah. Which, which, just, just, just a little sidetrack here. What is the point of that? They're basically saying you're a terrible person for playing the game. You should have turned it off. Well, then give me my money back.
3: I, 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 I bought the game. I want to finish I it. I think you're just looking into it too much. I mean, like in Hotline Miami's case, the guy's like a, like a, a junkie, and you, there's so much more going on around it. You know,
0: well, yeah, but Hotline Miami—they want you, the player, to feel bad, not you, the character you're playing. They directly talk to you, the player. Same with Spec Ops.
1: I,
3: they talk to you, the player. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with the Spec Ops bit, but the Hotline Miami bit—I just thought it was a bit of fun between the developer and the player. I didn't think it was—it was anything anything bad. I'm not not seeing the problems with this one.
2: Yeah, did I miss the bit? Did I miss the bit in Bioshock where it does throw it back in your face? <laughs> no, no, this is all stuff that came out like from the developers talking
0: about it, and this was the grand point they were trying to make, and all this stuff. And now that I've read all that, you know, Ken Levine spe- you know, spew everywhere. About, you know, this was the point we were trying to make, and this is what, you know, us intellectual people are trying to do with the game. That's what bugs me, and I can't help but see it now that I've read all that ancillary stuff about it. Because I was a big fan of this game, I read everything I could. Although he keeps it to a bare minimum in the old director commentaries. Which are really cool, and you guys should totally watch them. The developers made the point of, you don't have a choice and well it's like no duh
2: you made it that way if you took a perfectly playable story driven linear game and you played it and you thought that was brilliant amazing and then three weeks later the developers come out and say we designed this um, knowing that players would not have a choice uh, in the game no matter what they did they would have to do what we told them that's the point at which the game would become awful for you
0: well, yeah, when the guy comes out and says the correct way to play Bioshock is to turn it off. Yeah, fuck you. No, 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 okay, okay, maybe maybe I'm doing a shitty job of getting my point across, which is absolutely possible. Okay, so, the point Irrational Games was trying to, mainly Ken Levine, was trying to make of, look, see, when you play video games, you do nothing but follow the instructions. You don't give a thought to what happens or what you're doing or who you're killing. You don't care. You're just following instructions and getting to the end. That is, in his own words, the only point of this story. And I'm saying, horseshit, okay. you never gave us a choice.
2: If Ken Levine never said that, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Oh, exactly. Okay.
0: It This is not something I managed to pick up on the underlying tale of the yeah. story. It's just... Oh, well, he's a fucking douche.
3: I, I think I now understand it and after you've that's... explained it more. It's, I mean, it's the same thing as, you know, J.K. Rowling saying things about Harry Potter after she's written them. And he's the guy that makes the Fable games. Him coming out with all that bullshit after making Fable. But I still... En-
0: oh, Peter Molyneux. Yeah, yeah, I
3: still enjoy the Fable games. I still enjoy the books. and
0: Oh, yeah, I still enjoy Bioshock. Yeah. And, I mean, this was stuff he was saying, you know, like, right after it was done his point was, see, you're nothing but robots, and it's like, you never gave us a choice to not be robots, you fucking
3: dick <laughs> <laughs> you get so, that's my Ugh. whole
0: point you you can't damn us for taking the right path when you never even let us know there was a left path
1: but the, this is the whole Scarface thing as well, because it's not like it's like anti-hero movies, you know they're, they're good because they exist and they they throw you off a bit, it's like oh yeah, Al Pacino dies at the end You're like, you don't expect that but you wouldn't change it just to fucking cater for saying, "Oh, now he's the best drug lord in Miami" or something like that. You know, I, f- I think
0: no, and if and if the guys who made it said, you know, the correct way to watch Scarface is to turn it off well, before the not, end. That's
1: not the you'd point. Be like, no, fuck you, It I'm is, off it this is, is movie. true. It is true that some people say, "Oh, you're a bad person for watching Scarface." It's a really, it's a poor taste movie, etc., etc. But for some people, it's a classic because it yeah. goes against those sort of. Uh, ingrained rules, which aren't necessarily.
2: I've, I I know how to fix Bioshock, Dave. I know how to do it. Pull, okay. pull a Far Cry Four on the whole thing. You crash into the lighthouse. Oh. You stand outside the lighthouse for four and a half hours, and a rescue boat comes and saves you and takes you off.
0: <laughs> no, you know what? You know what? The easiest fix for Bioshock is, <laughs> and it would have went perfectly with his point, is in the beginning. You could have got into the bathsphere, went back up and said, fuck this
3: place. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what you can do, Dave, Th-
3: then, then his what you can point... do if
1: you're like me, if you explore the games, wh- what happens is you come up the left side of the lighthouse. I always, every single time I play this game, no matter what, I walk down the other staircase just to see. Oh,
0: I went around I've the looking, other side too. <laughs> I'm only looking
1: for Easter eggs, but I always do it just to see if it's identical path or something like that. Then you have a little look around at the fire again and just go, oh, that's beautiful <laughs> and and
0: you know what if he would have done that his tr- his point would have been absolutely perfect because you had a choice to leave and not become hmm. a monster but you didn't well, you take can. it now there's no choice to make you you can swim for well, as long as you like
1: you can swim but you'll probably
0: die no, you're you're like guy rest three point. You, you drown after 10 <laughs> minutes
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so yes i'm sorry i explained it so shittily but yeah that's okay. my point it's like giving somebody a, a palette of paint with only red paint and then going you used red why didn't you use blue it's because there's no fucking blue dickhead but anyway I'm sorry for, for
2: bringing everybody down and no that's fine That's sorry. fine. so we'll be <laughs> back next week and just argue Dave to death <laughs>
1: yeah. we're sorry that Bioshock came out as a bit of a, a, a downer game in the end though. I was really hyped for this recording, but obviously Dave had other plans. Mr. Negativity strikes again. (laughs) See him soon in the Spider-Man game on the PlayStation 4. The game is good. Okay?
0: The game is good. So, as you can tell, we've started touching, or mainly me, started touching on some of the negative things we feel about this game. We will catch you guys in part two, which we'll talk more about the negative things we felt about this game and kind of our final thoughts of how we feel about Bioshock. So... Gentlemen, say goodnight. <laughs> good
2: night. Frank <laughs> <goodnight, mother> Fontaine. <laughs>
3: good night.
0: Says good night, Mother Goose. Good night.